This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager. This week, we'll talk about phase two for alt school, some challenges for EdTech businesses, not so standardized tests, and the EdTech conference schedule. This is episode 47, inching closer to those 50 episodes that we probably never envisioned getting to, but I'm excited that we have. I'm sure we'll have something special planned. Unfortunately, this week I'm flying solo. It's the beginning of the school year, and our newest and awesomest, if I may say, co-host, Christy, is super busy. Uh, Matt is also a busy man, so you're going to be stuck with just me this week, so it will be a shorter episode. Hopefully one or maybe both of them will be back next week to join us. But let's get with our news of the week and our first story. It is a TechCrunch article about alt school that explains it's time for phase two. And we've reported on alt school before, and it's an edtech company that personalizes learning and has just a few small schools. They don't appear to have plans to open any more or many more, but they are going to license their approach and platform to other partner schools. Uh, it won't be cheap to use their software. It's about 500 to to $1,000 per student for schools to license, although I guess in comparison to the $25,000 or more a year that it costs to actually attend alt school, that's not too bad. Uh, it could be interesting to see what happens in the years to come as alt school theoretically should improve as they get more and more data. I mean, this is personalized learning. This is them going through a process and with engineers and those types of things. So I think that, you know, certainly the longer this goes, the more we'll see if it is a, a viable thing. And perhaps $500 to $1,000 a year to use that uh, software may be a bargain at the end of the day. We'll see. Our next story, it's an EdSurge article about reaching the global poor and it explains strategies for ed tech companies to do so. Now, this is a increasingly difficult thing as ed tech companies are worried about making money and it's not so easy to make money when you're reaching out to the global poor but i think this article it, it definitely sort of focuses more on ed tech business side of things but i think even as educators um in ed tech i think it's valuable to check this article out when you have the time uh, we will have the link in edtechweeklyshow.com for you to go ahead and check it out it mentions the difficulty of cross-border scaling uh, the problems with government being the main customer and then the bureaucratic mess that sort of comes with that. And it also talks about a lack of market dynamics, which essentially just means that decisions are being made at a high level. And therefore, there's really a lack of feedback from students and teachers that allow the products to improve sort of at that at lower scale level. So it's definitely worth a read, especially if you are like our very own Christy and are making EdTech deployment decisions. I think you'll find that article worth your while. Our final story for this week is an EdTech magazine article about challenges faced when using technology and testing. I think one of the saddest things I learned from reading this article was that the average student takes about 112 mandatory standardized tests in their K-12 career. I mean, that number is just staggering to me. If it was 24 or, you know, somewhere around two standardized, mandatory standardized tests a year, I would think that's pretty ridiculous. But 112, I mean, that is insanity to me. But a great number of these tests are now being taken using some form of ed tech, um, whether that's a laptop or whether that's a tablet. And the data is tough to parse because of how many different tests there are, right? Their format's different. Uh, and then there's differences in these devices, the screen sizes, do they have keyboards, um, all these types of things. Are they on the Internet? What ways are they uh, being used across those different tests? So it's kind of difficult to s understand what the implications are or will be for this type of standardized testing being done in this way. 
to me, this is a nightmare, really. I mean, say what you will of standardized tests, but at least we knew at some point that the students were all basically having the same pencil and the same scan trying to take those tests. But the, you know, the data could be judged fairly accurately. I mean, obviously there's problems with standardized testing in general, but at least you knew they were all on the same playing field. And I'm just not confident that this is going to be anything but problematic going forward as some st- some schools decide to go with cheaper devices, smaller devices, smaller keyboards, full-size keyboards. I mean, there's just so many different things that have to be considered here. And, man, it's a scary prospect to me that we're taking something that was already questionable and putting so many variables in. So I'll be very interested to see how this works out going forward. All right, now we've gotten to our featured segment for this week, and it's basically, you know, it's the beginning of the school year. Many of you have either had a week with students or are just about to have students joining you this year, and the only way possibly to get through the depression of summer being over for teachers, and I remember that depression very seriously. Uh, You're so excited to have the summer, and then before you know it, you're back. But the way to get over that may be to plan a conference or two, maybe an EdTech conference that you can attend this year. You should check out edtechweeklyshow.com. I'm going to put the link to this EdSurger article that details the conferences that are going to be available this school year. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these, obviously, um, you know, even listing them out or anything. But remember that if you can't attend these conferences, some of them have some virtual options as well. But the other thing is that you can follow any Twitter back channels or hashtags from that event. And a lot of times people are going to tweet out links to resources or things that they've learned, and you can learn a lot that way as well. It's certainly not quite as nice as having a little mini vacation, but it can be some good info, and it's something to think about, especially if you don't have the time or the finances to get there. Your school can't help fund you to go. Uh, Feel free to hit edtechweekly.reddit.com and post any info about conferences that you've attended uh, on our subreddit, uh, maybe conferences that you'd like to attend. Get some feedback in there. We have over 60 followers now. That number went up from just a little over 50. So we're definitely moving forward with that. And it's a great place to share info and resources for EdTech. And uh, that is it for this week's show. It's a short show. Of course, it's short and sweet. We do miss Christy and we do miss Matt because they bring a lot to the show. And I'm excited about the prospects of having both of them or at least another one of them on the show next week. Uh, Please do check out edtechweeklyshow.com for any links to the stories that we talked about this week's show. And you can follow me on Twitter at 4TechTeachers, at the number 4TechTeachers. And finally, you can email the show edtechweekly at gmail.com. Christy did that, and hey, she's a co-host. And who knows, she may just take over the show because she's so good at this. So I will give her a shout-out, right? You can follow her on Twitter as well, at Christy M. Warren. And uh, she's probably a good follow because she is pretty serious about the stuff and she's good at what she does. So we look forward to her being back on the show sometime soon, maybe next week. And that is it for this week's episode. We'll see you next time on EdTech Weekly.